Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. A mid-morning dance with the devil from the farmer of fury. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. Today we are taking a break from College Green and the madness of Westminster as we prepare for another weekend of political chicanery, dirty dealings and dodgy defections. This week has been another embarrassing episode for the mother of all parliaments, but one thing it has proven is this. Britain is still a robust democracy, despite what all the lefties claim and despite what Leave voters are saying too. Yes, the opposition parties are doing their level best to block Brexit, but surely now they cannot claim that Boris Johnson is running the country like a dictatorship after several days of debate and voting in the House of Commons and the House of Lords that he has actually lost. By the close of play on Monday, next week, we should know whether there is going to be a general election or not, although we have expected things we haven't got before. I'm still firmly in the camp of those who believe Boris will, in fact, get it done. Coming up, we'll be working out what happens next in the company of several experts, but we really want to hear from you as well, because you, of course, are the voice of the people here at Talk Radio. Have you lost faith in Boris and his plan, or do you still think we are going to leave the EU, as promised, on October the 31st. Or as Julie Hartley Brewer says, do you think Boris Johnson is going to actually break the law and not go to Brussels to try and get a new deal from the European Union? 0344 499 1000 is the number. Coming up later on, we will move away from the state of the nation and ask why Meghan Markle is being allowed to retain her own lawyers, her own agents and her own managers in Hollywood despite operating at the very heart of the royal family. How much more of this nonsense are we expected to put up with? 0344 499 1000. And because it's Friday, it's time for another sparkling edition of the Perrier Awards. An homage to my brilliance in broadcasting. And the bad news is, Con's back. And he's going to be doing them. 0344 499 1000. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, right here on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. You told me to walk this way. 
is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Welcome to Talk Radio. This is, of course, the only place where you hear the unvarnished truth and nothing but the truth. Uh, become a part of the show as well. 0344 499 1000 is the number to call. Uh, Lewis has tweeted, he says, is it possible to set up a petition to have a general election and then the Houses of Parliament will have to let the people speak? We all feel silenced. I want to be listened to and we all want out. Well, I think the problem with the petition system is that if you do get enough signatures on a petition for something to be actually uh, looked at by Parliament or indeed debated by Parliament, all that means is exactly that. It debates the issue, but it doesn't necessarily have to rule on the issue. And I don't think you can actually force uh, Parliament into having an election uh, if they don't want to have one. But believe it or not, despite the fact that all of this debate has been going on all week, despite the fact that the, um, the, 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 the Ben bill looks as though it has been passed by the House of Lords and will come back to the Commons on Monday uh, for a second reading and then royal assent, and so then Boris Johnson will be told to go back to Brussels and ask for another deal... There's still people demonstrating outside Parliament. We're going to talk now to Alexandra Phillips, Green Party MEP for the South East uh, over in the European Parliament. Alexandra, very good uh, morning to you. Welcome. Hi, thank you. Now, I'm quite surprised you're there because we're not there today because we were told there wasn't much going on. Uh, there's not much going on inside the chamber. There's a few people hanging around from the House of Lords, I think, finishing off the, the business with the Hillary Benn bill. But what are you actually doing? Well, I think, you know, it's really important that we keep up the pressure on this government. They've made it very clear that they're not even that keen on um, on listening to laws that have been passed by the House and they may bypass them. That's what Gove told Ma on Sunday. So we must keep a no-deal Brexit off the table. Uh, this government has absolutely no mandate for it. For example, in the European elections in May, when I was first elected to the European Parliament, more people voted for Remain parties than they did for the Brexit party. And a no-deal Yeah, Brexit but that's really a shibboleth, isn't it, Alexandra? That's, that's, let, let's not talk about that, because that's really a bit of a shibboleth. It's just a messing about with numbers. By far and away, the biggest party in the European Parliament is the Brexit party. And so you might as well Only as a single party, because... Yeah, they, you know, but it's the, the biggest single party, so they were the main winners of that particular only... election. I don't think so. I think well, you know, I'm sure got, you don't think so, but you know, it's not really a matter. It's not really a matter of, of that. That's not what we're here to talk about. I'm here to if ask you, you what everyone else. It's more than them. So the Remain parties won in that election. Well, that's like adding the up all the points. Though, that's like adding up all the points of all the teams in the football league and saying that they all account for more than the ones that Manchester City got, and so therefore Manchester City didn't win the league. It's pointless. Let's talk about what you're doing today and what it is that you're hoping to achieve. Well, you know, I'm deeply concerned because a no-deal Brexit will affect the economy negatively, um, and that still is not completely off the table yet. Um, the likely scenarios are that we'll have a further falling of the pound, an increase in interest rates, and food and medicine shortages. So this will affect you know, the poor the most. Yes. Um, All right, but what, what do you achieve? At your, well, let me, I mean, this is a, a recurring theme which I, we try and avoid doing here on this show. So, so we know what your, what your reasoning is, but what are you doing actually today? What are you, who are you demonstrating against? The government. I think there are a few... But they're not there, Brexit. though. Brexit is just one of them. Um, it, it's a symbolic gesture. That's symbolic what, gesture. Uh, protesting is, yeah. Right. So, around democracy, that's one thing. Brexit is another thing. Um, you know, we we really feel that we need a people's vote for Brexit. And it's like the old Taylor saying, you measure twice and you cut once. You just don't go and cut first time. All right. okay. And democracy, I think what we've seen over the last few days is that it's exposed, whether you're on the Remain side or on the Leave side of this argument or you know, you're on neither. Um, what the last few days have exposed is that our so-called democracy is certainly not fit for purpose. Well, how is it not fit for purpose when the Prime Minister's 
point of view has been overshadowed by the opposition when the opposition have managed to get a bill through Parliament which tells the Prime Minister what he must do next. And which, which is completely and utterly an, an illustration precisely of democracy. I mean, because, last week people were calling... Hang on, last week people were saying this Boris Johnson's a dictator, you know, he's worse than Hitler. I mean, it's all nonsense, right? It's not... He is not a dictator. This week has proven that the British parliamentary democracy is alive and well. It's a fair step forward, but it's certainly not alive and well because it's seeped on conventions. It has no codified constitution, which means that Boris Johnson can do whatever he likes. Well, he can't do whatever he likes. That's not true. It is true. It means that he does, and, he, and Gove said this to Andrew Marr on Sunday, that they, are, they, they may not listen to any laws that have been passed. So we need to be really clear well, about Well, lots this. of it things are said on lots of television programmes. I mean, Emily Thornberry last night said that she would get her new deal sorted out from Brussels and then she would campaign against it uh, mm. if they became the government. You know, there's a lot of nonsense being talked and I think you have to take all of it in uh, with a pinch of salt. The bottom line is we're not we are we are due to leave. The bottom line is people have voted in this country to leave the European Union, and democracy should dictate that that's what happens. Surely, no. I mean, I oh, you're against people... democracy then? No, 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 no. That's not true. Well, you don't I mean, like it when it's against what you want to do, though. It's not true. That vote um, was was since declared, you know, that uh, null and void, if you like. When was it declared null and void? I must have missed that one. When would that happen? Yeah, because. Because, you know, you can't go around and tell people that, that we're going to get £350 million. Sorry, I'm sorry. No, Alexandra, you are an elected official, right, of the Green Party. You are an MEP yeah. who has been voted into the European Parliament. You've just mm. told me that that first referendum was null and void. It isn't. It may as well be. No, yeah. but it's not, is it? You can't go around saying things that aren't true. No, but the courts have said that you cannot go around in a referendum like that and lie to people, which is what... Which courts? ...in that referendum. Which courts have said that? The courts have said that. Which so court? What we need now is... I'll tell you what the courts have said today. The referendum. courts have said today that it is not illegal for Boris Johnson to prorogue, to prorogue Parliament. Parliament. So, exactly. though, that's one thing the courts have said. Well, it's not illegal to prorogue Parliament. Uh, you know, par Parliament is prorogued never for this amount of time. Well, why has Gina Miller's case been thrown but, out, then? Five weeks is very bizarre to do that, and... And, you know, uh, the courts have said that, that's absolutely fine, but my personal opinion... Oh, that's fine, that, is it? OK, well, I'll make sure the courts it, 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 hear your view. It is this government manipulating and using um, the loopholes that exist in our so-called democracy to do whatever they like, to get things yeah. through that no-one... Well, one it's not actually thought. whatever they I'm like, Alexandra. Alexandra, it's, it's not whatever they like. It's not that they're doing whatever they like. They're doing whatever they have been instructed to do by the legally and actual democratic system of this country by the people who have voted to leave the European Union. Alexandra Phillips, thank you very much indeed. Let's talk to Frankie, who's in Whitechapel. Hello, Frankie. Hello, Mike. How are you, mate? Good. Long time no Yeah, long time no speak. How's it hanging? Mike, listen, I've got a rant. I'm on a roll. Please listen, because someone needs to say it, and I'm going to say it, and I'm not going to offend anyone other than telling the truth. Listen, it's, um, it amazes me that, that when these politicians get the curly finger, their bottle pouts like a moped. I mean, they all sit there going, oh, well, I'm going to stand up for democracy. I'm going to, I'm going to go against the people because I know that they're, they're, not, they're untouchable. But that's all right. That's all right. I mean, you've got Amber Rudd turned to green. You've got Gove. I think I deserve the job, but I promise I won't grass anyone up. I might do the Colombian two-step. Andrew Ledton, I'll jump ship more times than Captain Cook. I mean, it amazes me. I mean, the vicious rumour is, I mean, I mean, Jacob, Jacob stuck the, the dodgepots on the front line, deliberately, in my view. They are getting dumped 
and they are, and, and with their own words, because what they've done now, I mean, what was the last words that she used against Bojo? Amber Rudd. I wouldn't let him give me a lift home. I wouldn't like him to be my driver. I mean, how insulting can she get? And she and he pointed her down the front bench. So you can't tell me that that is not a coup. That he's put them down there to, to bury their self. Putting Michael Gove on the front bench and to discuss Brexit and doing a negotiation. Do me a favour. You wouldn't put him in charge of your cat. I mean... I mean, pro-rogue. I mean, they're all rogues, all of them. I mean, <laughs> it's very true. It's just... But listen, Frankie, what are you telling me? Are you telling me you don't believe that we're leaving then? Is that what you're telling me? Mike, I'll tell you something now. If Dominic Cummings, if uh, he's, he is the one that's running the game, and I'll tell you what, I take my hat off to that man because he's the only one that stood there and said, right, you get caught letting rumours out, you get caught defecting, then I'm telling you now, you are off. Now, Bojo, whether he's had his arm put up his back or not, is irrelevant. The point is, someone has been put in charge with a bit of bottle. And that's what matters. Someone's got to have some bottle in that building. I don't care about Well, I think Boris is the man. But Boris is the guy Boris is the guy with the bottle, isn't he, Frankie? Do what, mate? Isn't Boris the guy with the bottle? Well, you would have thought so. I mean, he, he, he's the one that he's, he's there to do it, and he will do it. I think he, he will. will do it. I think give he will. A, give the man a chance. There's another last-minute last rumour that I've just heard. Just come over, of international, over the, over the pod. Right, breaking news. I've heard, Trump is, I've heard Trump's after Margate. <laughs> he wants Dreamland. Yeah, well, I mean, you could do with a bit of a Trump tower there, couldn't you? Frankie, thanks very much indeed. Frankie Whitechapel. Frankie with the breaking news uh, that Donald Trump's coming to Margate. Don't uh, make a joke about that. You never know. It could be true. I mean, you know, the Kent coast has yet to be properly developed and properly exploited by the mass um, uh, sort of businesses of Donald Trump. Who knows? Uh, we've got more to do, much more uh, to talk about. 03444 we're going to talk to Tim Martin, founder and chairman of Weatherspoons, coming up. Because guess what? Beer is going to get cheaper after Brexit. Hurrah! The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. On Talk Radio. We might have actually started something here. You never know. Uh, somebody, somebody over in the White House listens to this and uh, has a word with the Donald and says, hey, Margate could be a good place for another golf course hotel. Why not? 0344 499 1000. Now, we're always hearing, aren't we, uh, from the Remainers side of the argument that prices are going to go up when Brexit comes. That prices are going to be terrible. There's going to be shortages of everything. We, can, we just heard another green MEP on there saying that she was demonstrating against the government uh, because apparently the first referendum has now been declared null and void. She actually made that up on the spot. Extraordinary stuff. Now, I'm delighted to say we're going to talk to Tim Martin very shortly, founder and chairman of Weatherspoons, because a story uh, in the Times this morning from the Social Market Foundation uh, says, basically, that after Brexit, there should be a reduction in the tax on beer uh, and there should be a reduction in the tax on wine as well. We're going to talk now to Scott Corf, who is, in fact, the author of the study, and find out what uh, the research means. Scott, a very good morning to you. Welcome. Good morning. So, um, this is going rather against the run of play, isn't it? Because everyone's telling us that prices are going to go up over uh, Brexit. You're suggesting that it's an opportunity to actually reduce prices. What, what we're seeing in our research is that the, the current alcohol taxation system in the UK is a complete mess. We're not, we're not, we're not taxing um, the most da damaging products high enough, and then we're, we're perhaps overly penalising some, some of the least damaging products. Um, and actually, some of this is down to EU regulation. Um, EU regulation means we cannot um, tax super strength ciders as we'd like to. It means we can't tax 
super strength wines as we'd like to. And uh, if we if if we aren't tied up with these EU EU rules, we could introduce new lower rates of duty for weaker products. And we could also, um, if we moved away from EU EU regulation, we could make a distinction between drinks consumed in the on trade, that's in pubs and bars. Um, and drinks consumed in the off-trade, right. things bought in supermarkets and off-flights. Yeah, because your study suggests that a, cost, a pint of beer could be cut by 26p uh, in a pub, but the cost, if you bought it in a supermarket, might go up. How would that work? That's right. So what we're proposing in our, in our research is the introduce, introduction of a new pub duty relief, which would allow pubs and bars to claim back some of the duty costs they face. Um, so this means that uh, tax is higher in, in the off-trade. So it's higher when you're buying booze from the supermarket or the off-license, where the products are sometimes, if, if, I, if I were to give my opinion, sometimes too cheap. You know, the giant plastic bottles of Super Strength Cider, um, some of the own brand vodkas, I, I think are too, too cheap. And if you look at who's consuming them, that, that, these are the products consumed by alcoholics and people with serious drinking problems yeah. disproportionately. So we, we want to tax those products. We don't want to overtax the products consumed by low-risk drinkers. Okay. Fascinating stuff, Scott. Thanks very much indeed. Uh, that's Scott Corf, their Research Director at the Social Market Foundation. Let's talk to Tim Martin, uh, who's the Founding Chairman of Weatherspoons, of course. Tim, very good morning to you. Good morning, Mike. Now, I've seen you before talking about the prices of, of certainly of beer possibly going down after Brexit, as a, as a bonus of Brexit, really, much against what many people would say is going to happen, because all we hear a lot of is the Remainers saying, oh, price is going to go up, you know, we're not going to be able to get certain things. What do you make of this study? Um, well, yes, I think the people who say that, just as an aside, are wrong, because there's a many, many protectionist tariffs that the government can abolish if we leave the EU from uh, in respect of non-EU imports, which is most of the world, which will reduce tariffs. But that aside, you won't be surprised to hear that I agree with Scott. In fact, the supermarkets now have a tax break um, whereby they pay no VAT on food sales and pubs pay 20%. And the effect of that is to allow supermarkets to subsidize the price of beer sales and uh, alcoholic drink sales from this tax break. And so supermarkets have got cheaper as time has gone by, and as the VAT rate has gone up, pubs have become relatively more expensive. So what Scott is suggesting is a sensible rebalancing of the system, uh, which would make it... Uh, it would still be cheaper in supermarkets by some measure, but it would m enable people to go to pubs and I think that that is, leave aside my pubs, I think it's that most people now accept that it's a social advantage to drink in a social environment. You pay a bit more anyway in the on-trade because the costs are much higher. And um, uh, it's supervised drinking. So that can't prevent people from behaving idiotically uh, from time to time, of course. Mm. But it's much better once you lose all control of the consumption of alcohol once it's sold at the supermarket till. So I think a lot of people would go along with Scott that there are tremendous social advantages, including pushing up the average price that someone pays because 
pubs are more expensive by in reversing the trend towards supermarket drinking. Sure. And, I mean, the governments historically, and I don't just mean this government, every government historically loves the idea of the sin tax, don't they? They love taxing tobacco and they love taxing alcohol. But it doesn't seem to be a very fair tax. I was talking to a wine expert a few weeks ago who said that the wine tax is, is you know, sort of really, really skewed against wine rather than against beer. Um, well, it's, uh, you get into all sorts of difficult areas here. I certainly, I think beer and pubs are synonymous. So I certainly hate anything that pushed up the price of a pint <laughs> any more than it is today. But um, I suppose the, 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 there is an argument for equality of taxes. I really thought Scott hit the nail on the head when he said, actually, it means your own MP, your government, uh, can be in charge of correcting these anomalies, and he named a few, um, uh, if we leave the EU, because now you can't, and everyone thinks, oh, if it's an EU regulation, how the heck do you go about altering that? So that's the essence of the argument for more democracy and leaving the EU. Well, it exactly is, and you'll find many of those arguments right here on the Independent Republic, Tim. I was going to ask you, just generally speaking, we've been in Westminster all week, it's my first show out of the studios here in London Bridge. It's been an absolutely kind of uh, ridiculous waste of another week of time, hasn't it? Well, it's pretty incredible. What If you boil it all down, what you've got in this country is you've got the Oxbridge Remainer class uh, who are perfectly entitled to their views, intelligent people with good intentions, but they have uh, overbearing control in Parliament, in the CBI and the FT, and they don't want to leave. For them, and some of my best friends are Oxbridge Remainers, it is a, uh, the EU is a quasi-religion, and it's, they've put that above democracy. The rest of the country, bless us, knows that if you want humanity to survive, democracy must prevail over a Brussels superstate. Well, absolutely right. But what do you think is, is going to be the outcome here? Because, I mean, I started the week believing that we were going to actually get somewhere and Boris was going to get uh, to lead us down the road to the proroguing of Parliament, getting closer to October the 31st. And now I'm not quite so sure. I think between um, the... Uh, the uh, uh, leave side of the Conservative Party, the Brexit Party, and uh, uh, the trenchant work of, uh, of other leavers, that we will just regain democracy, just as we managed to avoid joining the euro when the same political faction tried to get us to join. So I'm an optimist, Mike. Yes, well, I'm an optimist too. I once did an entire show on optimism and how good it is for you and how great it is to believe in something which is actually positive rather than to believe in something negative. So the fight continues on here, Tim. You're very welcome to come in and join us any time. I don't envy your task in Parliament. <laughs> well, you know, I'm giving them all a good shoeing, as we used to say in Scotland, but good luck with it, Tim. Thank you very much indeed. Tim Martin there, uh, the founder and chairman of Weatherspoons, who says, as I think most of us would agree... The problem with people who love the EU is that it has become a kind of quasi-religion to them. You cannot criticise it. It's become a bit like the NHS. You know, if you must be against the NHS if you think there's anything wrong with it, you must be against the European Union if you think there's anything wrong with it. 
It's a wonderful organisation. It's fantastic. It saves us from wars. It stops us from exploiting each other. It amazingly enables people to come and work here from other countries. Well, all of those things have happened long before the EU ever came about, and they will continue to happen in what I believe to be a very civilised country, which is what we are. I'll tell you who's making this country uncivilised. It's the people who continually whine, who continually moan, who continually groan, and who continually make out that this is not a democracy, even though democracy is happening all around them. And the one part of the democracy that they can't seem to recognise is the one part which actually led us to leave the European Union in the first place, the biggest single vote that was ever taken place in this country in three years ago, in 2016, when we voted to leave the European Union. Let's get on with it, shall we? That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. More gun talk from a water pistol from the Farmer of Fury. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. On Talk Radio. I'll tell you what, if next week's anything like this week, it's going to be tremendous, isn't it? Because uh, for all of the dithering, uh, for all of the debating, for all of the naysaying, uh, it has really been quite interesting. Certainly, uh, loads more of you are listening to us here at Talk Radio. Loads more of you uh, are joining me on social media, uh, on Twitter, at I-R-O-M-G. Uh, it really is quite extraordinary to see the depth and the feeling of the people out there. Uh, and I'm very, very happy to be one of the people who could let you have your say, uh, which a lot of other people won't let you do. 0344 Let's go to Aidan, uh, who's in Bushy. Hello, Aidan. Morning, Mike. Morning, sir. What do you want to say? We're here again, aren't we? Listen, um, my view is this. Boris is in Scotland at the moment, yeah. and there's someone else in Scotland um, at Balmoral. Yeah. Now he's won his court case. <clears throat> I think he's going to toddle along there um, at lunchtime. Mm. He's going to have a glass of wine with mum, and he's going to say, I'm going to prorogue Parliament as of tonight. Yes. Um, if, if he does that, um, uh, obviously the bill can't come back for third reading on Monday. Um, uh-huh. And we can then dissolve Parliament and then we can, um, obviously, they can do whatever they like for six weeks, have their 
uh, have their meetings mm. and whatever, and then we leave on the 31st. What he might do is say to uh, Corbyn that he's going to do that unless Corbyn agrees to a general election on the 15th. Yes. And if, if Corbyn promises to agree to an election on the 15th, which they might have already done, mm. uh, which is why the bill wasn't pr- wasn't um, held up in the House of Lords, the deal was done behind the scenes. Yes. Um, so if Corbyn agrees to that, I think Corbyn will, uh, will allow a general election. So I think general election... I Number love this. One, I love this. This is, per- great, this, is per- great, this is a great piece of strategy, this, Aidan, I have to say. Yeah, well, I've just, I've just had Dominic on the phone. He's just told me, so... <laughs> no, I'll tell you what, though. The reason it rings true to an extent, part of it anyway, is because when Charlie Faulkner said to me yesterday that in the House of Lords, suddenly at 1.30, it was as if somebody turned off the switch. You know, somebody obviously communicated to yeah. uh, the Boris friends in the House of Lords, forget about all these amendments, we're not going to bother. Um, we're going to take a different tack. That sounds yeah. exactly like what you've just explained. Well, I think that's going to happen, but I, I'm I'm so happy now that just after 10, I heard of that awful Gina Miller case and John yes. Major, the most two-faced person I've ever known. Oh, my God. I mean, um, really, do we have to put what? up with him? I mean, surely these... Well, there should be a law that says that ex-prime ministers should never be allowed on television ever again after they've left. They, they should. And what Boris should do is, in his manifesto, is to say that he's going to bring a law in that if an MP resigns from the party they were elected for, there has to be a general election. Yes, I agree with that. A quarter of the Liberal Democrats have never been elected by their electorates, and it's a travesty for their electors. And, um, you know... And the entire independent group, of course, although there's not many of them left. Well, I think there's about three now, isn't there? I think so. I think it's Anna Subri and one other. (laughs) Well, she could just get a few mirrors and she can talk to herself and ask herself some some questions. That's all I wanted to say. Listen, that's a fascinating... Yeah, go go speak to Dominic Cummings. Aiden there with a fascinating theory, right, that the proroguing of Parliament is a threat now that could happen because when you think about how this is all played out and how it's come suddenly to Friday and there's no business going on in the House of Commons... It's a very interesting possibility. Let's try from see what Dave wants to say. Uh, he's in Leicestershire, I think. Hello, Dave. Hello there. How what you a doing? Brilliant, what a brilliant method of sorting it out that was. Yes. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great, though? It would. Yeah. What do you um, want? To, what do you want to tell us? Um, everybody's saying they don't want no deal, but right. nobody except Boris is telling us what deal they do want. Mm. Now I know that Boris wants to get rid of the backstop. Yeah. Um, I have no idea what the Labour Party uh, want to do in terms of a deal. Neither do they. So, can you can I ask you a favour? Yes. When you get when you get a, a politician on from any of the remain type parties, yes. Can you ask them from me as a taxpayer what my one billion pound a month is going to be getting me mm. while they just sit talk talking in circles? Right. And, and the other thing is, I just wonder, does the population really understand what a billion pound is? That's one thousand million pounds yes. a month. How many hospitals could we build for well, exactly. one thousand million? And also, my, here's a my month. question. My question back to you, Dave, is what are they doing with that money? What? And where's it going? Well, it's just going straight into the coffers of the EU, isn't it? But I don't. You know, yeah, but I mean, are we building? Are we building a new series of motorways in southern Spain or something? I mean, are they giving it to Poland to try and stop them from leaving the European Union? I just don't know. Well, they're probably paying our politicians to keep doing what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, the slush fund, right? Staggering stuff, though, isn't it? It really is. I will certainly do that, Dave. The problem with a lot of politicians, when you ask them a direct question, even when they're sitting right in front of me and their eyes are locking into mine, 
They're looking at me and they're looking drastically around me, trying to find an answer that's either not going to get them into trouble uh, or is not going to lead to another question from me because they know that that's how good interviews go from the questioner's point of view, is you ask them one question and then let them walk into a trap and that way you get them to answer the real question. But here's the thing. For example, and I've repeated this a couple of times, when I spoke to Lisa Nandy a couple of days ago down in the tent on the, well, Westminster's College Green, and I said, well, is Labour the party of Remain or not? We've heard Emily Thornberry last night on Question Time actually saying that Labour, if they won an election, would go to Europe... Sorry, if they, uh, if they had the opportunity to go to Europe and get a better deal, they would get a better deal. Then uh, they would hold an election in which they would campaign to remain. So they would actually campaign against the deal that they had just negotiated. Now, Lisa Nandy was slightly less con uh, confused. She said that basically Labour was not the party of Remain, but it was the party of Remain in seats where people voted to remain. But in seats where people voted to leave, like hers in Wigan, they would be the party of leave. Confusing, isn't it? The Human Zoo, where they don't hide away the sick animals. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. On Talk Radio. It's Friday, it's 12.35, and it's time for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Perrier Awards. Definitely sounds a bit different today, the music. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm not sure. Ken? I'm not sure. Ken? <laughs> Con, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Ken <laughs> Mendes is here to do the Perrier Awards. And there's another one for you. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Should we begin? Yes, please. Yes, welcome once more to the Perrier Awards. This is where we go back over the past week of the so-called Independent Republic of Mike Graham and choose our very favourite moments. Yes, it's a welcome break from Brexit bickering mm. and Mike talking about having just got back from holiday. <laughs> uh, loads to get through, uh, so let's get started. Yes. As is tradition, Mike, the first one goes to you. Splendid. In this week of frankly confusing news, bills, amendments and defections, you managed to make things clear and simple as ever. Mm. And that's why you've won the analogy of the week. And I was saying to you earlier, it's a bit like, you know, buying a pet from the pet shop. And when you got it home, it was like a terrapin. Now it's, sort of, you know, taking over the house and it's got a massive, you know, 34 foot long alligator. And you don't know what to do with it because the European Union is not what it once was. I think that's fair. <laughs> Why is that so, why is that so oh, ridiculous? It just clears up the whole week for me. I that. think, I think you, that sir. makes... You see, this is why people like this show, because you can put things in, in everyday terms. I felt like you led yourself down a cul-de-sac there. Did you? Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right, well, we'll be the judge of that. Uh, yourself and Daniel and Epsom won a, a joint perio. It's for bromance of the week. Mm. Problem. Let's go to uh, Daniel, who's in Epsom, uh, wants to talk about Brexit. Daniel, very good morning to you. Hi there, guys. Welcome back, Mike. Thank you very much indeed. I've missed you. <laughs> oh, well, it's nice. true. I You're didn't right. mean necessarily. I mean, I had this problem all week. Whenever I say you, people immediately assume I'm talking about them. I meant you collectively, you, as in the You just missed Daniel and Epsom. It's, I did. That's fair. It's that's true. Fair. Along uh, with everybody else. Great. Uh, Mike, you also win uh, Perrier for throwing shade. You win the insult of the week for this slight against Katie, the namesake Perrier. Um, apparently, uh, this is what people like to do. Katie Perry is here with me, uh, and I know it's annoying. It's annoying for us as well. <laughs> 
Very harsh. Uh, and Katie was part of a conversation with John Mann and yourself down at Westminster, which led to the most riveting conversation of the week. Can I just point but out, you are wearing Union Jack um, socks at the moment. Very snazzy, they Very snazzy. Too. Last time I saw anything like that was when Lord Adonis came into the tent. He was wearing Euro, Euro, EU socks. Is well, it now a sock off? <laughs> Excuse <Sorry>? me? <laughs> are you pardoned? <laughs> Terrible woman, that Casey Perrier. Uh, sock off, she said there. Sock. Yes. Uh, John Mann, whilst he was with us also, during a discussion about whether the Labour Party should maybe appoint a new leader, he wins the best nomination of the week. And replacing with a decent leader. Is that, the, is that the, the thinking from one side? He of can't the Labour say Party? that, can he? Well, of course he can. John's an honest man. Well, you'll yeah. tell me. I've told Corbyn before. He should have stood down before now. Should stand down today. Who would you have instead? Oh, whoever. <laughs> Literally anyone better than Corbyn. Well, you know, don't know is actually polling higher than than Jeremy Corbyn for Prime Minister. Well, put them in. Put them into number yeah, 10, definitely. Exactly. Uh, the Perrier uh, now for the poshest moment of the week goes to your voice, Mike, for when it did this. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. <laughs> yes, very good. We should do one of those happened. every... Maybe I could do that in a different voice every day. You'd like yeah. that, wouldn't you? Sneak one in and it yeah. would help with the numbers for this feature. Yeah, Frankie to do one. <laughs> oh, he's brilliant. Uh, Bob Seeley MP wins the period yes. for best childish mimicking. And when they had a deal this summer, which personally I voted for three times and it wasn't perfect, mm. they said, oh, it's a, bre- it's a Tory Brexit. <laughs> He did a lot of that, actually. It was rather good. I quite enjoyed it. An elected MP there. Yes. Uh, Mike, you've got another uh, Best Impression well Perry here. Award now. Uh, this time, it's for your take on Arkwright from Open All Hours. Katie Perry was here yesterday. A great sort of uh, Boris aide, former Boris aide, both in Parliament uh, and in uh, uh, the, 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 the Mayor's office in London. <laughs> I couldn't remember what it was called. City Hall was what City I was looking Hall, for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, some people have got producers who talk to them when they get into those kind of situations, but you were probably out having another can of Coke or something. Well, what? Just sh- I can't just shout at you while you're on air because we're in the tent. Well, like, well, like you've I'm never done that. that. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> um, another one for you this week, Mike. It's the barrier for the funniest misspeak. Mm. Joined now, I'm delighted to say, uh, by Andrew Bridgen uh, from the ERG group, of course, uh, MP for North West Leicestershire. Uh, still in the Tory party, Andrew. You've managed to cling on there, uh, not being one of the 21 who was uh, eject- eject- ejected out. Now, I knew you'd do me for that. <laughs> I absolutely, even as I was trying to say ejected. I'm des- actually desperately not trying to say the yeah, other word. something else. Yeah, I didn't know what happened. Maybe a sock off of some sort. Something like that. Uh, just quickly, we have time to hear from the funniest moment on Talk Radio this week. Uh, that happened on Matthew Wright's show, yeah. and you know it's funny just from his reaction. Is remaining, remaining in the UK going to be at the forefront of uh, the Plaid Cymru's electoral vision? Oh, certainly remaining in the UK won't be better. Oh, sorry, remaining in the EU, sorry. <laughs> no, of course. Uh, of course, I'm um, <laughs> Don't want to stay in the UK, it's falling apart. <laughs> Forgive me. You're quite the opposite. Remaining in the There's a TV clip that's a bit like that, isn't there, where they just keep laughing. Oh, I know, no, it's in the Big Lebowski. There's that bit in the Big Lebowski where they all keep laughing. Uh, for no apparent reason. No, Very good. Um, good. You haven't um, seen any films, have you? No, no, I don't Don't really like films. I watched London Has Fallen the other day. It's Did brilliant. You? Yeah, I just liked it because I recognised the scenes. Yeah. Um, it's not really brilliant, though. 
No, it's, it's great. There are a lot better films, promise you. I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, and to end, I'm sure all the listeners at home, you've all been eagerly waiting to hear some certain interviews from the week. So it's time for this. Yes, this week has been, in a word, feisty down in Westminster. So now it's time to celebrate that as we hear the best of the bust-ups this week. Let's begin with the right honourable member for Wigan. Labour's Lisa Nandy brought some of that classic Yorkshire charm to the tent on College (laughs) Green. But it's fair to say there was no love lost. We haven't negotiated a deal, and this is part of what is obscuring this for the public. You have to be clear about what's happened here. So you're going to tell me... you're not telling the truth. Well, you're going to tell me... Well, I am telling the truth, because that's what I do. What I don't do is obfuscate the truth, which is what you people do. That's what you've just done. That's exactly what you've just done. So you're telling me that Theresa May did not go to Brussels... You're telling the public we've got a deal. We haven't started negotiating a deal. You're telling me Theresa May did not go... Really awkward. You can hear me clenching in the background, yeah. I think, there. David Icke's just retweeted that, by the way. David Icke. Yeah. Well, what better seal of approval. There you go. Um, Cheers, Dave. <laughs> our next, uh, the best of the bust-ups, uh, our next very welcome guest to that show was uh, Tim Loughton, MP. Yes, and also, fine man. Uh, Mike as well. And joining them was Lord Charlie Faulkner. Um, and he had these terms of endearment <laughs> for you. I'll give you first. one more chance, both of you, to prove to the public who are listening that we're well, not you're, just you're, 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 kind you're a, you're a of talking shop. You're basically <laughs> you can't call me a disgrace. We've had the Boris lies. Now lies. Can you, no, you cannot call and me a disgrace. And then you start to tell complete no, untruths. That's not true. About what the Labour Party no, did. Can I well, just no. say I think you're a really good interviewer. Thank you very much <laughs> indeed. You <laughs> see, the voice of reason. Presumably, he supports Boris Johnson. Well, at least he's elected. You sit in the House of Lords where nobody put you apart from patronage. I didn't invite you on. They did. Okay. I just do what I'm told. <laughs> Charming fellow. Uh, and he will be co-hosting Monday's show. No, he won't. That would be great. Um, and now for my favourite, the best of the bust-up, Tory rebel by name and very much rebel by nature. Things got a little crazy between you and Ed Vasey. Mm. They're Good. ridiculous and false claims to represent the will of the people. That's what's uh, not funny. And you may set yourself up as uh, the spokesman for Brexit who knows the mood of the public. You've I'm never, not the, I'm you've certainly never not been the elected. You've never been elected. You don't talk to my constituents. I get elected every single day, mate. You don't if I talk have, to my I constituents listen, I don't who talk to your are absolutely but maybe we can get fed up. Your, well, maybe we'll get some of your constituents to ring in fed up with from the, Wantage, uh, right? If you've got somebody from Wantage who wants to ring in and speak to me so that I can now say to Ed Vasey, I've spoken to one of his constituents, that would first. be great. It'll that be a would, first. How do you know I've never spoken to anyone from It'll Wantage? Be a first. He wasn't happy, was he? No, he wasn't. Well, mm. the uh, question Crazy off Vasey. the back of that is... <laughs> Did he laugh or not earlier in the interview? Well, Mike, you did call for a review, so it's now to go time to go to yet the third umpire and listen carefully. Now, do listen very carefully to hear if maybe you can hear subtle hints of laughter from Mr. Vasey from earlier in that conversation. I I think you're being being, being rather arrogant about the people. You've accused me of um, laughing about it. I'm not laughing about it at all. Well, you were laughing. I'm not. Well, you were. I'm not. Okay, you're not laughing now, but you actually were. I'm the point not. The... No laughter there, but do we have the clip where he did laugh? <laughs> or can you just reenact it? <laughs> so what are you going to do um, on Monday? <laughs> I'll get on the tube and come to Parliament. And do what? See what happens. I don't think it's funny. I mean, I think the thing is, right? Sounds like a laugh to me. Sounds like a laugh. And I was there. But then, of course, yeah. that is the MP of today in action, right? First of all, you get him laughing. 
and then you accuse him of laughing and he says he hasn't laughed. That is <laughs> that is Brexit in a nutshell, isn't it? Yes, uh, absolutely. And if you want to see a video of him storming off after the interview, <laughs> head to the Talk Radio social media pages and the full interview is up on YouTube. That is it, a very long You'll one. You'll also Sorry. see him laughing, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, that's it for the Perry Awards Crazy this vagy. week. Uh, there will be more next week. Excellent. The Peria Awards on Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. So if you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.